It is, and you have to realize it's not your fault. It's really on the other person or the situation, and it's how you deal with it. And um, I just really felt strongly looking back. I mean, the best advice I had at the time, because we actually had to go live with a friend for three weeks, um, was her husband had said to me, this is not emotional. Think of this as business. Um, I had worked in New York and run a business in New York, and he was like, think about it that way. It's a business. Approach it non-emotionally. Map out your steps in your head or on paper and just go and do them. You know, check them off. And that's really what I did. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. I'm excited to talk about my sponsors today, Gay Lisby's Million Dollar Arbitrage Group. Amazing, amazing group. This is a teacher. This is uh, Gay was a teacher. She is a teacher still. You need to learn. This is the type of uh, environment you want to be in because she's going to help you understand why. And I think that's the hardest part of this business is understanding why. Why is the red one popular when the green one isn't? Well, there's usually a reason. And what Gay does is probably parse that better than anybody, and she'll explain the reasons for those things. I think that's really powerful. Yes, she puts out a list. You're going to get, uh, get use of that list if you get in the group. Now, here's the deal. The group isn't always open, right? So... You get on the waiting list, and you can join the waiting list through my link. Um, doesn't cost you anything to, to get on a waiting list. And if you uh, like her service, which I find that most people do, and that's why there's not so many openings, um, you'll be with her for a long time. And so it's AmazingFreedom.com. She's part of Andy Slamet's group. AmazingFreedom.com forward slash momentum, and you're going to get in the waiting list. That's all I can get you on right now. You can use my name and see if that gets you anywhere. But what I like about in that, uh, what I like about what they teach in that group are the things that are going on, you know, the current things. I've seen a lot of stuff going on about stores going out of business. Well, here's where an opportunity is. Here's why you want to do this. Hey, be cautious about this, you know, with Toys R Us coming out. You got to think about this. And that's the learning that you need to do. And gay is better than anybody else I've seen. So um, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum will get you to the waiting list. Then hopefully it can get you in the group and then you're going to see me in there and uh, we can chat anytime you're ready. Karen Locker's group, Solutions, the number four e-commerce, solutions4ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you 50 bucks. Karen's our account manager. We recommend her to everyone because she's done so well for us. I mean, that's quite frankly the reason we've been paying her for the last few years, but she's become an important part of our team. Her and her team are so involved in our account. I just see the emails coming back and forth. Hey, we did this for you. I just saw two listings today and I'm like, wait a second, why did they show up? I didn't put any listings up. They got, uh, they got uh, set off to the side by Amazon, and they reactivated them for me. You know what I mean? That's the stuff that just happens when you have a strong team, and I can't recommend Karen enough. If you use uh, my code Momentum, Karen pays me. I don't want to hide that. Of course, we all know that, but you're going to save $50, and it's a great opportunity to really, really um, build out your team with somebody you can trust. That's why I recommend them. So solutions for e-commerce, solutions, the number for e-commerce.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you $50. Oh, and by the way, she's going to do an inventory health report. Why is that important? Well, guess what? Fees are going up. Is your inventory health number declining like ours is? Well, here's why, and here's what they can do. What I like is I get a spreadsheet from them and it says, hey, um, here's a bunch of inventory. Here's what we recommend. And I'm like, yep. Re refund, I mean, uh, delete, uh, return to us, blah, 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 whatever it is, and it's or destroy, and it just happens. That's what I like. The other thing that I have Karen help me with a lot is creating new listings. You know, we do a lot of the research ourselves. We upload our images, and then boom, magically the listing goes live, and I don't have to worry about it. Those are the services that Karen offers. Can't recommend her enough. Solutions for ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. Save 50 bucks. Use my code. You save $50 a month every single month, and it's a great service. Plus, you get that 
free inventory health report. I think it's a really powerful way. So I can't, uh, I'm so excited how many people have been joining her because I see it and I'm excited because the, the messages I get from people are saying, Hey, this is great. I finally feel like I can focus on something else because Karen and her team are watching this for me. And, you know, I highly recommend her. Next up is Seller Labs and Scope. <laughs> I almost said it wrong. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it really is amazing when you sit back and think about, hey, I want to get this product up, and it's similar to this product, and that, sim that product does well. Well, therefore, if that product does well, they have the right keywords. They have chosen things correctly. So guess what? You scope, and you can see all that stuff, and that's what the the most powerful thing in the world is to copy somebody who's done it right. That's what you want to, you want to take advantage of that, right? I mean, it's, it's fair uh, to see. And so therefore you could take and apply it to your listing and immediately get that same benefit. That's what scope does for me. Sellerlabs.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you $50 on the service. Oh, by the way, it's free to try. So sign up, try it and say, oh, this is how it's done. Boom. And then you're going to, the light's going to go on and you're going to be like, man, I can get my products out there. I just can't wait. Can't wait. Sellerlabs.com forward slash momentum. The other day I bought another domain. Yes, I bought another domain. It's almost like uh, I'm admitting guilt, but it's because I had an idea and it was something that was a pretty good idea. I think it's going to go pretty far. And so what do I do? I go to trygodaddy.com forward slash momentum and save 30%. So domains aren't very expensive. You get a few services. It adds up a little bit. And I usually buy three years. I usually buy privacy. By the way, I recommend that too. Buy that, you know, it's not that much money, but when you can save 30%, it makes it that much sweeter. And it makes it easier uh, when you're buying domains, and especially if you buy a bunch of domains. I am a domain collector, and so I do tend to do that. But that 30% makes it a lot easier. And I use GoDaddy because what I like is I can pop in an address I'm thinking, and it'll say, nope, nope, try this version or try this extension. And then boom, there it is. Hey, you better hurry before it goes away. And they're right, you know. And so try GoDaddy.com forward slash momentum, save 30%. Also, I want to mention about Grasshopper. Who was I just talking to somebody the other day? And they were like, oh, yeah, I use this company called Grasshopper. I'm like, dude, did you buy it through my link and save 30%? Hello? No, they missed that. So save 30%. It's trygrasshopper.com forward slash momentum. No surprise there. But you're going to save 30%. And what the, the real cool part about that is they're using it for their private label business. And it gives them virtually a second phone on their current phone without having to get another number. They can make up a vanity number. They don't have to go and do all the grief and, and sign long contracts pretty easy stuff. And so if you're creating a brand that you want to identify, you want to look professional, you want to look like a real company, Grasshopper is a great tool. It's an app you put on your existing phone and boom, you now have a customer service department. You now have a sales department. You now have a manufacturing division. You could forward it to somebody else. You can have it go to different voicemails, different departments, and it's all included. So try grasshopper.com forward slash momentum, save 30%. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 330 Ellie Lippertz. I love this interview and I know I say that a lot, but it's God's honest truth. And I get choked up in this interview um, because she's just so real, you know, and it's so refreshing to hear somebody with perspective, say it like it is and not pull any punches and not make any excuses. Um, and I know um, that it's got to be very difficult when you're in it, when you're so close to it, you can't see it. Because I think of my own circumstances from time to time. I get it, you know. But being willing to ask for help, being willing, willing to be vulnerable um, is really the answer. And she gives some great examples of what that can do for you. Um, and I just, I really hope somebody hears this and changes and says, huh, I can do that too. And Ellie will help you. You're exactly the person she wants to talk to. She wants to help you. She wants to see you get past that circumstance and that situation. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest, a good friend who's been, you know, I sit and watch over time. I'm, again, I say this all the time. I look for consistency over time. And when I look for somebody who's figuring things out, who says, okay, boom, tried it. No, adjust, tweak, adjust, adjust, and then hits a stride 
those are the kind of people, A, I want to be friends with because I'm going to learn a lot from. Um, but then when they're great people, it just makes uh, their life and my life much better. Ellie Lippertz. Welcome, Ellie. Ooh, I Hi, up here. Ellie, I was like, oh, I got so excited. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing good. Oh, man. I'm doing I, good. There's no doubt you're doing good because I don't think my, my statement is inaccurate. Would you agree with that? No, I think I'm really like hit in my stride now. I love what I'm doing. I love what I'm selling. It's it's really working out for me. And you can't always say, you know, it's funny. It's not reasonable to always love what you're doing. I don't care who you are. I'm sure even the people who are the most happy still get, you know, life happens. Things happen. Challenges happen. But when you look at it in perspective, it's pretty darn good, isn't it? Yes. It when you think about where you are versus where you thought you would be, I mean, do you get a kind of that Cheshire cat kind of smile? I mean, a little bit like, yeah, yeah, this is good. I'm a single parent, so the buck stops here no matter what. And the fact that I could be home with my kids and also take care of them financially, physically, be here and run a business that I am enjoying what I'm selling, I'm enjoying who I'm dealing with is really amazing, I think. Well, I think it's more than just being home with your kids. I mean, we use your daughter, for example. She's deeply involved in a social activity that she loves, and that's a life-consuming. It's like when we used to do travel soccer with my uh, my oldest. Oh, my God, it was like a whole weekend just to go to a game. And you do that uh, for a lot of events. But the, And do you still work when you're at those events? Yes, I do. I made it my goal to not sit around and do nothing. I am one of those people who cannot sit around and do nothing. Um, my daughter actually this summer is working for a professional. So I'm really not traveling as much as I used to be. But I, as soon as I realized I was going to be sitting on the sidelines for hours at a time, I went out and got an iPad and Apple Pencil and started doing merch. But does that mean, though, that you're not present? You know, Ellie, you're there, but you're not present. You know, you're, you're there, but you really should be present. I'm there. She yeah. Yeah, I agree with you because it's three minutes on the field or whatever it is, I mean, depending whatever event it is. Or if they're watching, a, if, if let's say if she was playing soccer, you would watch the game. But it's the it's all the rest to get there. And then she wants to be with their friends, quite frankly, nothing personal. She loves her mom. But, right? I mean, that's fair. You know what? I think I'm really blessed to have a teenage daughter that likes to hang out with me. So we drive three hours one way or three hours the other way, and we talk and have serious conversations. And she asks me stuff that I'm very grateful she's not looking up on the Internet or asking somebody's older sister. Um, and if I just sit on the sidelines and, you know, watch her and cheer her on when we're there, that's fine. Then, that, then you are present. So the rest of it, though, gives you the chance. You know, the other thing is she gets to watch her mom be a business person. I don't want to, it doesn't matter that you're a woman or man. It, she gets to watch her inner element and realizes, wait, she can do this from anywhere. You mean I don't have to be tied to a desk for the rest of my life? I can, I can go anywhere and be successful because my mom's doing it. That's a big she, moment. Yes. And she definitely takes that to heart. In fact, she's entering high school this year. Um, and she was really upset. They didn't offer any business curriculum at the freshman level. Well, that's the time that she could take. I don't know if they allow that community college uh, in your state at that age. I wonder if they do, uh, because that is something that, you know, I, I'm preaching to anybody. If they have that that urge, embrace it and don't let them take nonsense courses. Let them take real. I mean, this is how the depth can be made right here. It's a, it's a big deal. Yeah, it is. Well, she's very, very driven. Hmm. I mean, you'll be 15 in a month. She's incredibly driven. I was not that driven or focused at her age, um, but she, she knows what she wants and she just goes after the ball. And uh, she also helps me in my business and she makes suggestions um, in that way also. Uh, she handles my Poshmark account. Uh, she's my model. She preps in the car. You know, it's a family thing. Well, uh, let me ask you an uncomfortable question. One of the reasons she's so driven is because she sees how hard you've had to have it. Is that is that an unfair statement? No, I don't think that's unfair. She she knows that I've worked my butt off to be where I am, and she knows that um, you know we uh, we don't really celebrate some holidays because Q4 there's just not enough time, and there's times that I'm like, hey, you know, this is the weekend before um, Thanksgiving. We can't. I can't go and do 
a show this week. You know, you have to go with someone else or there's just not enough time. She definitely knows how hard I work. And so teaching your daughter not to be dependent upon anybody but herself, how important is that to you given your circumstances? That was one of my goals. When I became a single parent, that was a goal. I did not want to look back when they were older and say, um, I didn't teach them that no matter what happens in life, sometimes you can go cry in the bathroom and then you put your big girl pants on and you get out there and you do what you have to do no matter what. Did you, did you know that? Or did you have to learn it the hard way? And be honest. I knew that. That's how my parents raised me. Nice. Okay. So, so it, when I'm thinking about helping other people, uh, you're starting from a different place because you knew, you knew you had value. Nobody had to teach. I mean, it was, it was in you, right? It was built into you. Uh, yes. Because there are some people who just have not been able to hear that. They've been pushed down. They've been, you know, just through awful, awful circumstances have not heard that. Um, and so they don't have that foundation to fall back in. What would your advice be to people who are in those circumstances? I think that the hardest thing to do is to ask for help and to admit that you have an issue. You know, there was a huge embarrassment factor. It's You look and you say, wow, this only happens to other people. This will never happen to me. And the reality is you just don't know. So ask for help, no matter what your situation. I came out of a situation, um, my ex-husband is an addict. He's still an addict. We tried every which way. I didn't know anything about this. I was thrust into a situation with two young children, a mortgage, putting food on the table. And at the time, I was not the main breadwinner. And I asked for help. I asked for help from... Um, my temple. I asked for help from local organizations. I asked for help from my family and my friends. And it was embarrassing. But people step up and they're not embarrassed. You are. So just take that to mm. heart and reach out. That's so powerful because I think I think you're absolutely, especially as a guy, a guy is like, oh my God, I, it's like asking directions. We can't even do that. And so to, to admit that they're not perfect, to admit that they, in their mind, failed. Now, you know that you never failed. I think that there's a, there's a key point. You didn't fail in this relationship or whatever. I mean, it wasn't you. Um, that's yeah. a big thing to recognize, isn't it? It is. And you have to realize it's not your fault. It's really on the other person or the situation and it's how you deal with it. And, um, I just really felt strongly looking back. I mean, the best advice I had at the time, because we actually had to go live with a friend for three weeks. Um, was her husband had said to me, this is not emotional. Think of this as business. Um, I had worked in New York and run a business in New York. And he was like, think about it that way. It's a business. Approach it non-emotionally. Map out your steps in your head or on paper and just go and do them. You know, check them off. And that's really what I did. When... When you see, like, you're out here selling, you've been selling for a long time, and we'll get into some more details there. Um, when you see people struggling, can you, can you sense that they're in a difficult relationship based on the comments they post out on Facebook? I mean, can you, do you have, a, like, a spidey sense for that? Yeah, definitely. And I think um, you can tell everybody, you know, what the reality is we all have things that we don't tell other people. We all have issues that we deal with. And some are worse than others. Uh, you know, we're lucky, I think, in this day and age where stuff is more open and acceptable, um, where even a decade ago when this happened to me, it wasn't as well, much. Give me an example. Um, domestic violence. Hmm. You know, this was not out there. I mean, now with the Me Too, you know, generation, it's so much more out there. Uh, I experienced verbal abuse. We did some kind of art therapy programs. It really was not a public thing then. It wasn't out in public. Now I've done like a video, my daughter and I did local video where they used it um, to promote a local organization to help women and families get through this. But back then it wasn't so prevalent. Same thing with mental health. You know, it was just coming in. People weren't as accepting. You know, we all face different challenges. Did, when you went for help, when you, you said that people stepped up, 
mm-hmm. you experience the opposite too, where the people were like, oh yeah, it's her fault. It, you know, I mean, he's a good guy or what have you. Um, did you experience any of that? Very little, hmm. really only from his family. Um, Cause that I, would be a big fear. I would think. You know what? I didn't really have a fear as much as I didn't know what to do. It was like living a surreal dream. It really was. And people don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And we look like the perfect happy family to a boy and a girl. My ex is a CPA. We live in a, you know, nice house in suburbia in a commuter neighborhood to New York. You know, people just don't know what's going on. And I, I often say this to my children. Don't judge somebody by their cover unless you've walked in their shoes. And we are a perfect example. No one knew what was going on in our home until afterward when I opened up and shared that and asked for help. So there's the lesson. Again, you hear Ellie, ask for help. It's, uh, it, you're the one embarrassed. The other people really, the real other people that help, you'll know that they're genuine. Those people really want to help. That gives them you know, their, 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 their value, right, to help other people. <laughs> Give me the chills. Okay, so you need to find a job. So, so you were working in New York. I mean, when all this went down, uh, things got challenging. How do you come out of that? Where do you start um, rebuilding and then eventually get, a, get into selling on eBay, Amazon, that kind of thing? I worked in Manhattan for 15 years. I ran a design recruiting company. I had... I have a design degree. It was pre this happening. I had, I had after the dot com bubble, I had come home and um, was with my kids more, and so I started selling on eBay about when my son was born. You know, buy a little Tyke's truck for fifty cents, sell it for fifty bucks on eBay, and that totally blossomed. I always was a collector. I grew up with parents who collected antiques, so we did toys up the wazoo. In fact, um, a couple summers, my entire front yard was covered with huge little tykes toys that I'd sell on eBay and have people come and pick up. Hmm. Um, it was a bizarre experience. We once found a little tykes camper, like a full size climb into it camper. And somebody sent their assistant in a limo out of New York with cash to pay for this and then hired a shipping company to come pick this up and take it to their estate in Long Island. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it was very strange. Um, but then was that enlightening there, though? Was that freeing for you? I mean, was that like a moment where you were like, huh, this is something, I mean, I, I, you said your parents had already, you know, got into antiques. I don't know if they sold them, they bought them at least, they but, bought them. but was that a moment for you? Like, huh? that you stored away that eventually came back out? It came back out in the sense that um, I moved really from, I, I could see the potential in eBay and it was still really early days. It was like 1999. And then, but from there I learned pretty quickly, I didn't like selling really big items. Okay. So if they're a pain to ship, they're a pain to have people come to your house. They're just, they're huge. And I quickly moved from there into collectibles. And I was very good at finding collectibles. I found, you know, lots of stuff. We live in a area where there are a lot of old houses. And, um, and we moved, you know, we, I moved into eBay. And then when this whole other thing happened, I had a pretty good eBay business going, but it wasn't enough to support me totally. And, you know, from there, I, I started moving into Amazon, but I also had to take a part-time job with a friend, you know, to make sure we had benefits and, um, which you still have, which I still have, which I admire, you know, I, I go on back and forth. It is for an accountant. So I go straight from Q4 into tax season. So pretty much six months of my life can be really crazy. But I feel very blessed that uh, he's a good guy and he was and has always been very flexible and understanding. I could text him from the pediatrician's office and he'd be like, fine, take care of the kids, come in a different day. I mainly work one day in the office and the rest of the time from home. And I handle everything because I ran an office. So I'm sort of the Jill of all trades from tech to tax returns. 
Yeah, but that didn't just happen. I mean, again, you sit back and you think, first off, that was your skill set, the New York, you know, running offices and all that. Um, and I'm sure it was crazy then, right? I mean, you deal with a huge thing. You go to a smaller business where, quite frankly, you're way overqualified to be there full time. Um, yet he gets the benefit of your capacity. And so he's willing to give and you're willing to give. To me, that's a match made in heaven because you have a need, you know, benefits and stuff like that. I think it's a, it's a design, right? Um, yeah. It's a design. And most people aren't willing to make that sacrifice. So right now, there are some people struggling selling on Amazon, right? They're, they're, it's evolving. That was the word you used in our pre-interview, right? It was, it's a very good description. It's not hard or harder. If you were doing the same thing, it's harder, right? If you're trying to maintain the same thing. But it's evolving. And so you yes. ebb and flow. But having... And you're not swallowing your pride, but having to work part-time uh, for you because that's so important to you and based on your, your family circumstances, to me, is almost like heroic. It's like, I guess we're back to that place where you're, you're kind of like asking for help, um, even though you give him probably more value than, than you get. Do you get what I'm saying there? I just think people should hear that to say, huh, that's another way to do it. And you could, you've been doing this for how long now? working part-time for him for eight years part-time and he convinced me to work for him I originally I didn't I was like you sh I shouldn't work for a friend and my recruiting background you know always don't work for a friend and he convinced me to work for him and it worked out immediately to the point where I guess my daughter <clears throat> well she'll be 15 so she was seven so we had like a whole drawer of stuff that she would like you know, do arts and crafts on the floor. We pay her a penny a sheet to shred paper. You know, like it, it's just worked out really well for me. And I think that as much as we talk about how people want to quit their jobs and go do Amazon full time, not everybody can do that. Um, I do think dual income people probably find it easier. They also can put the money back into their business most likely easier than I can. I have to take money out of my business. Um, I have to or I can't meet my bills. So you do what you have to do. He knows Q4. I'm crazy. From like the middle of November to the middle of December, I only worked eight hours a week for him. Whereas maybe from, you know, all of March, uh, I'll work 40 to 60 hours. So, I, it, you know what? There's a give and take. It's but again... You're back to, is, this is something happening behind closed doors. Again, from the outside, somebody's going to look at it and say, geez, why is she working that part-time job? What is she doing? She can't be making any money. What is going on? And then, uh, but when you pull back the curtain and you look at the actual workings, it's a beautiful relationship because, like you say, you're busy in both. Each, each business has a season, and you're able to help maximize both of them. To me, that's a win. Um, where most people would see it as, oh, man, what's going on with that? Hmm. Very cool. I feel very lucky, and I, I really believe that things happen for a reason, um, very much so. And this has been a true, truly a blessing. I mean, I certainly I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts. I never set out to work for a CPA. But you do what you have to do, and it's like I said, you put your big girl pants on, and you get forward, and you do what you have to do. And this is one of the things that I had to do. And... Um, I wear my ear earbuds. I work hard. I come in early. I'll stay late when I need to. And I, but what I get back is is priceless. It's really, especially you know, in this day and age, you know, who knows? I feel I have job security, um, and I get this this very special kind of relationship that makes it easy for me to work flexibly. He knows that I'm going to get the job done. And I know that he's going to have my back if I have a problem. So let me ask you this. This is a personal question. You don't have to answer this. But do you make enough money with the accounting to cover your basic expenses plus the health, plus the, the benefits? Um, or could you get enough that way? And then that way you don't have the same, you know, feast or famine, you know, because there's a big fear about going full time selling on Amazon or eBay. Because it's like, oh, I got to make, you know, paycheck to paycheck, right? What is it? 70% of people live paycheck to paycheck. Well, when, mm -hmm. you're, when you're selling on, like, like the old, uh, the newer sellers on Amazon can, can't get their payments for two weeks, right? And so those kind of things are, are really challenging. You're not bound by those challenges if you have, it, 
I don't want to call it a safety net, but it really is a safety net by design. And it's a sacrifice. But man, that's a that's a that's a good way to look at this. Yes. So I used to be hourly. We changed over to I have a yearly salary. I do get paid weekly now. Um, it is a huge difference. Yes, I can cover all my expenses. Um, I've built up to this. I mean, I've worked for him for eight years. Right, right. And as and as we well know, uh, benefits are huge. They're a huge part. Healthcare is priceless. And so oh, I hope people hear this. I hope somebody who's sitting there is thinking about going, especially a single mom. You know, this is a great, great discussion. I always say this. Good people are hard to find. You know, everybody's like, oh, you know, uh, you, you know, uh, jumping from job to job. It's hard to keep somebody who's good. So a good company will pay you what you're worth if you're good. Now, that means you got to go in and give. And, and I think the way Ellie described it is perfect, where when he needs more, you have to give more. And it's not always you taking, right? But when you've developed that relationship over eight years, so, you know, I don't know what year it turned for you. But at some point, you can get to that position, and now you're able to take risks. Uh, whereas you're developing private label products, you're, do, you're doing all the things. I mean, you get the best of both worlds, um, again, by design, and you were forced into it. Is that the weird part for you? When you look at some of the others, I mean, you must smile to yourself when you see some people who have it made, right? Who sit back, and, and you're, you're probably saying to yourself, man, you don't realize how good you have it. Uh, when they're sitting there complaining about, well, the price tanked on my thing, and you're saying to yourself, geez, I've got to sell this thing to make my numbers. Um, do you get a little smile to yourself? I don't know if it's a smile as much as um, I think sometimes people don't appreciate what they have. Hmm. You know, I have to, and, and I have things that tank. You know, I have stuff that I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I didn't buy a thousand of those. And I just want to get my money back out of it. Um, but you know, I think we should appreciate what we have. And, um, you know, I don't use repricers. I don't scrape, you know, catalogs or anything like that. I really come up, have come upon a lot, as you know, in a sort of unorthodox way, uh, you know, I, I, I gravitate toward a certain, certain kinds of things. And then I try to make it work, the numbers, the ideas, and because of my recruiting background, I really preach relationship building. Um, I preach it on Facebook. I preach it in person. I think that when you make a relationship with vendors, and I do tend to deal with small to medium-sized vendors, when you get a relationship, they'll go the extra mile for you, knowing that you're going to go the extra mile to sell the product. You're right back to, the, to, the, to your accounting firm that you're working for. You're right back to that same example again. You give when they need, and they mm -hmm. give when you need. And I think that that is a perfect lesson. So there's a couple lessons here. So you did do some retail ARB. Did you realize that that just wasn't as enjoyable? Because you, you now wholesale and private label exclusively. Um, did, how much retail ARB did you do? And, and when was it the point you're saying, hmm, this isn't for me? It's back to the eBay thing. This isn't for me either. I did retail ARB. Uh, I was 100% retail arbitrage. I really started do by small things, um, doing very small things. And then I sort of did a, oh my God, squirrel and got distracted and started doing clothes and shoes. And you and I have had this discussion. I hate shoes. Mm -hmm. I hate packing shoes. I hate taking stickers like, off. She's like my wife. Neither one I, will like shoes. Yeah. See, yeah. Don and I have had this conversation too. Hate shoes. I did hire for like one year. I had someone working for me doing it. I just don't like it. I didn't like the returns. I didn't like anything about it. And it's exhausting to me. You know, I, I'm, again, it was just me. So the kids would go to school and I'd rush out in my SUV and go shopping, fill the thing to the brim, rush back home in time to be here before the kids got home, you know, take labels off or whatever into the night and then ship them out. Um, for a while, I used someone's warehouse. That worked out a little better, but but I just don't like it. You, you know knew what? it wasn't I for you. Like it. Right. Yeah. It just wasn't the thing for me. And I know people, I still know people who make their living doing this, and that's great. Um, the main difference I feel between retail arbitrage and wholesale is when you're buying retail arbitrage, someone already has made those decisions for you. 
So there's, you know, they've already made the decision that they're buying this product and they're putting it in their stores. And now you're buying that product and putting it on Amazon. When you're buying wholesale, you have to make the decision for everything. You have to say this product's going to sell. Nobody else is telling you, oh, I think this is going to sell. And that's why I put it in my store. You know, Kelly Fedio says it this way. She's like, you know, there's a science to this business, right? There's data to back up that choice, like you're saying right there. However, mm -hmm. there's an art to it, too. You can't, it's not just science, right? The, the, the numbers, you know, how many people are using all these tools and then they buy product and it tanks, right? Why? Well, because there's the art piece that you have to add into it. That art is what separates the outliers. And that, is that art, and I think this is a, I think this is a good question. Is that an art that can be learned um, or is it built into you? Like, I mean, it's taught or it's uh, innate. You know I, what I mean? You know well, what I mean? I know exactly what you're asking me. I have gone shop. I, you know, my daughter and I look at things together and she'll make suggestions. And quite frequently she's right about, oh, this is going to sell mom, or that's hot, or you should get that color. Um, I think that it's a little bit of both and where your mm. background is. I mean, I have an art background, and I do gravitate toward things that have sort of some sort of arty, you know, or handcrafted or, or things in that, you know, genre. But that's like what I know. And so I think it's a little bit of both. Also, though, if you're doing retail arbitrage and you see you have something that's been selling and then you can't get it anymore or it's so successful, well, hey, if you make it yourself or, or create your own brand and have a similar product made, then you're not competing against all those other people because it's your brand and your product. No, wait, Ellie. There's so many. There's millions of products on Amazon. We can't add another product. There's there's no chance. <laughs> you know that's so not true. I know it's so not true. You know. What's, what's very cool to me is your story. So you walk away from retail ARB uh, and you don't walk away. You evolve from it. So you don't just turn it off. I think that's a mistake people make. But you came away with it with a different perspective. Um, again, that example you just used is that when things are not there anymore, there's a clue, right? Uh, what's a good example? Um, fidget spinners, right? You know, uh, whoever started the fidget spinner craze, right, recognized early on that this was an incredible opportunity, and boom, they brought it to market, right? There wasn't enough, not enough people could get it. There was scarcity, you know, and now it evolved so fast, right? But, but it's a good example. When you walk away from that experience with ideas, and then you have the skill set to be able to bring them to the marketplace, either private label or white label, and we can talk about white label because you do some of that too. I think that that is just so powerful. Um, and again, I think most people, you know, when you, when you have to make a paycheck on Friday, and I know you do, so I don't mean to say it that way, um, but you have, because you're sacrificing on this other end and you're willing to do this other hard work with this other part-time job, it gives you the chance to take some chances. You get what I'm saying? Yes. I think it that's does. very smart, especially if you have limited funds, right? Is that is that a good way to say it? Well, I do have limited funds, and, you know, I do make most of my, not all of it, but I do make a considerable amount of my money during Q4. So, you know, like now, <clears throat> August and September and a little into October, things are going to be really tight around here, because, but then, especially if I've had a vendor for a couple years, I ask them for terms, right? You know, some of my vendors give me terms mainly in Q4. They know I'm going to give it back to them, but they know I'm not going to really be making the money until December. And so they'll wait. Well, I think this is a great example. So next week, uh, Ellie's going to a trade show that I can't go to. Um, and because I'm launching some product, blah, 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 blah. But you're not going looking for products. Now, if they fall in your lap, if an opportunity arises, in our pre-discussion, you were able to buy a product that you've been buying um, mm -hmm. because it was an off season and because of the relationship, you got them so much cheaper than you would have because that opportunity is there, but you're going to work on your relationships. Exactly. I mean, now who's willing to put that much energy, effort, and money into that? Well, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm in New Jersey, so I hit almost every show at the Javis except the toy show. I don't go to, I don't do toys anymore. 
Um, so I go to the Javits. It's only a train ride for me. So it's really not hard. It makes it hard for me to go to other shows because the Javits is right here. My vendors, I've already had a dozen vendors contact me to make sure that I'm going to come by and see them. You know, you press the flesh, you talk to them, you talk about their kids, you talk, they show you new products, you talk about ideas and stuff that maybe you can give them suggestions, they give you suggestions. I have personal cell phone numbers. You know, it, it's relationship building, and that is priceless. And, and this takes time. So we share a vendor, Ellie and I do, and you were just at her house. You yes. were, and, and you got better, <laughs> you got a better deal than I did. I mean, the, the processing that they're going to do for you because of that relationship going further now just moved your business how much forward? Oh, my goodness. That that trip and spending we spent a couple hours together developing packaging and stuff and she has prep people and she's going to do all my prep for me in terms of packaging the product and i literally will drive down there and pick it up in september that's amazing for me because as we all know it's great it's so much fun to develop the product but do we really want to spend all that time prepping it because that's time that we could be building our business. Well, it, especially when you're a one or two person operation. I mean, it, that, that comes at the cost of something else, right? I mean, that's yeah. 100%. You would have never gotten that. Well, I shouldn't say that. You might have had you not, well, not at the price you got, by email, by that impersonal email, right? This is, this is where the hard work, and, and these people you're going to see next week in, in New York Again, this is an opportunity for you to take, and maybe none of that comes this time, but how long have you been with that person that we share? A, two years, a two year years. and a half. So you've seen her, though, personally several times. Yes. And so that's what takes, right? Each time, you know, you don't win everything day one. If you would have went up to her and said, hey, here's what I need, A, you wouldn't have got it at the price you want, probably, and she wouldn't have been willing to do it. But she's seen you over time. Again, we look for that consistency over time. And you've been fair buying, you've been fair paying, and boom, magic. This happens. (laughs) Okay, so when we think about trade shows, I think about Ellie. Um, I think she's a great example of somebody who can go to a trade show, uh, develop the relationship. So when you go in, you're not looking, you're not going in and scanning every item and going to a booth, hey, look, I sell on Amazon, right? How many times have you and I heard this? I sell on Amazon, therefore, I'm the guy that you want to uh, talk with, um, and I can fix all your problems, and that's not, uh, that's not what you get, right? That's not what I do at all. I was laughing when you were saying that. That is not, not how I operate in any way. In fact, I, um, I take a much softer approach um, I tend to look at products and then strike up a conversation, especially smaller vendors, about the products. You know, you start talking about how you have things in common, you know, where you are. Amazon will come into play. You know, I always am, always, always, always am upfront about that I am a third party seller on Amazon. Um, I never want to get in a situation where I have somebody say, oh, we didn't know, you know. So wait, so you're not hiding it. You're saying, huh. Um, you're, you're saying, hey, I'm there. This is what I do. And we can work together if we give and take. Yes. So talk and about how you approach a booth. I, well, I have to be drawn in. I think that, you know, I, I pretty much stick to you know, a certain kind of um, vendor so that easily, now I can walk by a lot of vendors now. I can go, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, this is not in my niche. This is not what I want to be doing. Or there's a hassle, right? I mean, so those, all those things and experiences taught you, if you see it and it looks like a hassle, oversized, whatever, you have those parameters. I don't do any oversize. Um, My rule of thumb is smaller than a bread box. Uh, and if it's bigger than that, I don't do it. I want smaller, it really- higher priced. Yes, and but sometimes not. If it's so simple that you don't even all you do is slap a label on it. Hey, if I can make five bucks on that, and literally I'm slapping a label on the product, why not? 
you know, I'm not polybagging. I'm, I have a product like that. Um, all we do is slap, you know, a suffocation label. It comes polybagged. Slap the, the, the Amazon label on it, slap a suffocation label, boom, it's out the door. Boom. Okay, so I don't want to lose this, though. You approach this, you filter it out mentally as you go down the aisles. I think this is such a powerful thing because it's so hard. And they're almost like absolutes for you, right? I mean, you don't, it's almost like an absolute. Yes, it is an absolute. Okay, then, so it's then, a hard absolute. So I know kind of the products I'm looking for, and then I'll walk in, and I like to look at the products. I'm not here for the hard sell or anything. Then I'll start talking to the, you know, the vendor, and I do come out and say, this is what I do. Sometimes they'll be like, hey, you know what? We already sell our product on Amazon, or I already have some, and this is more the kind that I get. I already have an exclusive with somebody. They're doing a really good job for me, or... You know, we'll have someone say, hey, I sell my product on Amazon, but it's not going that well and I can't figure this out. And then I'll start talking to them and then maybe they'll have you sell that. I have not. I should be clear. Ninety five percent of the products I sell, I either have the exclusive on or are my own brands or are created for me like Five percent of the products I sell, I compete against other people. I don't want to compete against anyone else. And I think that if you you're not the hard sell, for me, not a, a, a sort of easy, just talking, you know, relationship building conversation works so much better. I just went to the Philadelphia gift show. I found a new vendor. I just happened to be standing next to some at the booth next door, and I looked over and I started talking to her. And, um, and now she's, she's, she's not on Amazon and now we're going to try something together. Hmm. And that, and again, you didn't go there looking for new vendors. You, you have, maybe this is a, a sense, maybe this, uh, a, this is a notice maybe you become a noticer, um, a filtered noticer. I don't have a good term for this, but I think this is really smart. So if you go and you have all these parameters in your mind and then you look through that lens, you see things that most people don't, right? I mean, like you said, your daughter looks differently than you do. But mm -hmm. when you have that lens and you have proven, right, over time, not everything's perfect. You know, you got to hit 51%, not, you know, not 49 or you're in trouble, right? But when, yeah. you, when you have that over time and you've developed that, that gives you almost an advantage, Ellie, kind of cool you know i i do go to trade shows sometimes with um somebody else we bounce ideas off each other we have our own each have our own amazon businesses um and we do tend to get ideas from each other but i'll using the philadelphia gift show as an example i went there really to see one vendor because i i sell a lot of their products and they have a bigger booth there, and I knew there wouldn't be a lot of competition. Just the fact that I found a couple other people that I'm going to sell was like icing on the cake. I didn't plan on it. I just happened to walk the show. I thought the show was a lot smaller. I don't know that I would go to it again in the summer, but that you know, paid for it itself. Also driving distance from my home, so it wasn't a big deal for me. Well, I think there's another pro tip, right? So... And I, and I say this all the time. If you go out and look at the trade shows that are around you, you will be blown away. You wouldn't know they exist. Most people don't. And then if you did a little circle, if you said to yourself, hey, you know, I don't want to drive more than two hours, right? So I don't have to stay over. If you do that, I don't care where you are in this country, you're going to find places. Maybe in Arizona or, you know, Montana, you might struggle a little bit. Um, and Charlene's t uh, nodding her head. Steve, you've never been to my town, I was right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Fair. However, when she's cruising, she goes to some ports where there's stuff. So, back at you. But it's real. And and I think if you go with that perspective, and then you have this filter that has been developed over time. Um, how long did it take to you hit your stride? Would you say when you started looking at white label and private label, and moving away from retail arb? How long would you say it took to get your stride? I'd say it was within the last year. Okay, so two so it years. Took, it took about six months till I kind of was getting it together. But this year, it's really coming together. I also want to say to people, you can find vendors anywhere. Um, my my daughter, I travel with her. Um, 
to dog shows. This is what she does. I have found vendors at the shows Absolutely. selling to the public, selling their own products. And now I carry those products. And nobody so, would know they even exist, right? Because they right. were just selling something that they made. Yes, exactly. So you really, if your eyes are open and you're willing, talk, not the hard sell, not the scanning, the soft, getting to know them, getting to know what they're doing, what their ideas are, then you really, I think it makes a big difference in a certain area, Like as I said, with smaller to medium-sized vendors. Let's talk about white label a little bit, because I think this is another thing that you're really, really strong at, um, where you're not importing from China a container of a particular item. You're getting smaller lots, less than a container, I'll call it that, um, and then you can modify their product with their permission yep. um, and make it your own. How how you know how expensive? Because some people are going to be like, "Oh my God, I got to spend you know thirty thousand dollars just to do that." Did it start that way for you? Not at all. Um, I think it started. Well, you know, it really started was because I had a vendor where I spent a ton of money in 2016 at the holidays because no one else was really selling them. And then by 2017, people had driven the price down. They'd been discovered and people had driven the price down to, you weren't making more than a quarter and I didn't buy anything from them that year. And I saw him at a trade show and he said, why didn't you buy from me? And I said, well, this is why. And he said, well, why don't I develop my own, your own product? Why can't, don't you, I'll let you mix and match these different components and I'll make it for you. You know, um, why, I'll let you buy the things that we've discontinued out of old catalogs. So that relationship building, I wouldn't have known anything about that if I hadn't seen him in person. We spent an hour and a half together. They've developed a ton of products for me. I started out, I think I had to buy a hundred products from him, maybe last 50. So it was less than $500 the first time I did it. And it's, he gave me terms. And, and now when he's thinking of a new product, who do I want to go to? My stalwart, my person who I can count on, the person who's delivered for me, and you're helping protect his brand. I mean, because if you stop buying, more than likely others stop buying too, that other products, right? Yes, and and. He, when we have ideas, we'll bounce them off each other. Or I could just do a sketch now, and they'll like come back to me, and we'll it'll be a give and take kind of thing. Uh, by the same token, you know, I've developed relationships where I've bought products, and I just started out buying twenty five of an item to the point where it was so popular, I bought out their entire everything they had. And then when the container came in in the middle of December, they were texting me photos of the new products as they opened the container mm -hmm. and I was buying it like right there. And now I just actually found out cause I saw the vendor. He said, you know, my wife sent you all our samples. Those weren't supposed to be for sale. And I, they sent them to me. I sold them instantly. <laughs> so there's a lesson here. So I hope people hear this. Okay. This just didn't happen. This takes hard work, right? Because it's gotta be daunting right? You're going and you know you need to get stuff for Q4, right? And some of these things aren't proven. Most of these things weren't proven when you started. Um, but again, this is where that intuition that's developed. And I don't know that we both answered it. I mean, I know you have a design degree, but I mean, there are lots of us who do this too. I think it can be taught um, if you're open-minded, right? If you listen to other people's perspective, right? If you go like we do a lot and go to a trade show, meet up with other people and you get to see them in action and you're like, huh, I never thought about that. Um, and if you develop a trust where there's a respect to their stuff and you don't infringe and that kind of thing, of course, right? But to me, that's how you learn in group environments when you can work together with other people and then all of a sudden help them, you get helped additionally. Is that fair? Yes, it's totally fair. And I don't think people should be daunted I'm going to launch a new product in the next, I'm having it designed right now, in the next 30 days. It cost me $50 to launch. I mean, all they asked for me <laughs> no, to wait, 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 wait. You need to hire six companies. How many giveaways <laughs> are you going to do? You need to launch it. You need hundreds. I mean, and you have to, when the, the photography team's coming in, right? The commercial people are going to develop commercial, right? All that's being done, right? 
Fifty dollars. I'll take bucks. the photos myself with the um, Amazon, Amazon app. photo mm-hmm. app, which you know I've shown you. It's which is a great app, and I, I'll take the photos myself. I'll do my own lifestyle photos, you know, on a bookcase or whatever. And that's it. And hopefully I'll take off. This is a small vendor. They're going to make them for me. Um, we did worked on the design together. Boom. If it takes off, it's a win-win. It's a win for them because now I'll buy whatever, a couple hundred. And it's a win for me because, you know, at first I'm giving back to a small manufacturer and obviously I'm going to make money on it. And it's my own product. I think this is powerful right there, what you just said, that whole little description, because I think the mistake a lot of people make is they do that same thing, but they're like, Ellie, this is going to be a million-dollar product. Here's the deal. When you sell those million-dollar products, you become on the radar, right? There was one person who kicked off the silicone spatula one day, way back, and now there's eight billion of them available, right? And so when you go for those big, giant home run things, you become on the radar. So in your example, you're working with small manufacturers who can't handle the million capacity, right? That's just out of their, that's not going to happen. Yet it can be, there's enough demand. You can meet the demand at a good price. You win, they win. I think that's a very powerful lesson. But don't you have to carry hundreds of SKUs, Ellie? Don't you have to? I (laughs) don't. I, I mean, I just don't. I'm just going to be honest. I don't have hundreds of SKUs. I've actually culled down my SKUs even more. Uh, I, you know, I would like to build it up, but I work for myself. Um, I just hired a part-time employee. I've had part-time employees. I'm not looking to make $10 million. I'd love to make a million dollars, but I don't want a huge warehouse. Um, I, I have a certain lifestyle I'd like to maintain by design, by design. And I have other family obligations and I need to be able to meet those as well. All right. So I think we've come full circle. I think it's, I think, you know, as I sit back and watch what Ellie's done and one of the reasons I want to have her on the show was I wanted, quite frankly, somebody who's in that difficult situation to hear this is that they are not alone uh, there are lots of crazy things that go on behind people's doors that you have no clue, no clue. Um, and I would say, you know, 10 out of 10 in your neighborhood have challenges going on in their house in some way, family members, illnesses, you know, stuff that outside of their control and some inside their control. So that it's not an excuse. It's the real world. Right. And so how you deal with it. And so I think Ellie gave a great example of you got to be willing to be vulnerable. You got to be willing to go out there and ask for help. And that's so hard to do. And if you're a guy, it makes it even harder. Right. Because, you know, it's supposed to be macho and tough. And guess what? You're not. You know, you need help. You need help. Right. Ask for help. Send me a note. I'll help you. And so I think this is a perfect example of somebody who's pushed through it. The thing that I love is your designed life. I think, uh, I hate that you were forced into it. And so, you know, my heart bleeds for you there. But the fact that you do it and you've done it for eight years, you keep your head down doing that is the difference, right? It, you know, it wasn't a two-year plan, get it done and now I'm done. No, you're like, hey, this is a long game. I'm building something here. Someday you're going to walk away because you're just not going to have the time. But then that's on your terms. Mm-hmm. I think it's so powerful, Ellie. I mean, it's just so inspiring to me. It really is. I you don't get choked up (laughs) because I'm going to get choked up. I mean that. I I just mean that from a guy who knows you well and watches. That's real. Mm. Like I was going to say, you know, my backstory. I mean, we're friends. So this but the reality is just like you said, 10 houses, 10 different things, you know, special needs, children, domestic violence, addiction, people that are ill, you know, cancer survivors, death. This is reality. This is life. This is what happens in life. We all have hurdles we have to do. I had certain goals. I feel if I look back now, I'm really meeting them and enjoying what I do. I have goals for the future. And I will be honest, my goal for the future is eventually to move out of where I am in New Jersey when my daughter graduates and be able to go wherever I want to go and have my business grow with me you know, and, and have, have it just continue 
growing. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to have a pension or anything like that. So there's that consideration, college education for my children, all of those things. So I'd like to grow the way I am and I'm very happy with it. And I think that people get intimidated by cost and, and even getting into wholesale, you know, you could start open a wholesale account from a lot of small vendors for $150. Yeah, and not ask, even. Yep. Yep. Ask them what their 10 best selling things are. Look them up on Amazon if that's what you feel. Put out the $100, $150. Try it. And if they're not available on Amazon yet, there's another brand that sells well, right? Their rank is good and it's good quality. And the thing that you're looking at is very similar. There's your clue. Hmm. Exactly. Let me launch exactly. it myself. You know, it's funny. Ellie and I were talking about some products I'm launching this coming week, and the photos are being done right now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to get them to somebody to get And she's like, I just do it myself, Steve. I'm like, well, I get it. I get it. I, uh, you know, but you're better than I am. We all know that. And so how about this? Let me ask you this, because I think this is a good way to just think about when, when somebody's listening to this, hopefully they're inspired. And they say, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to go to a trade show, or I'm going to go in my area. Again, by design, Ellie's not going and staying over. She's going and, and taking advantage of it and going back home to take advantage of it, right? Um, what are some of the habits, some of the things that you do now that you've narrowed down that can help others, that you know just get you through because you only got so many hours a day because you got all these other responsibilities? What, could, what are some of those? Are we talking about habits and going to a trade show or habits? No, just habits in running your business now, because I think the trade show thing is a good piece of it, right? So you go and you get, you do exactly what you just said, then you come back and you execute, right? That's the piece that people struggle with. So how are you executing day to day? Maybe that's a better way to say it. Well, everyone should know I do work out of my home. So from long years of working out of my home, I know that when the children walk out the door to school, I don't look at the dishes or the dirty laundry, or anything else. That's my business time from 9 to 2, excuse me, until whenever they come back. I don't look at anything else. I don't answer my home phone um, at all. My parents know not to call me then. I just don't. Unless it's a call from the school nurse, I don't answer it. I only answer my business phone. And then I kind of have my days, my week laid out. You know, I... Um, if I'm getting in inventory and it's new, I do all the photos on one day. Boom, 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 boom. Then the next day I do write all the listings, put the photos in, you know, do that. Then I'll just get them out the door. And yes, I am guilty of sometimes not getting things out the door and creating the listings as fast as I should. But if you have inventory that's coming in, you want it to get out because it's it's money, you know. And then once a month I do my own books. Obviously, I work for a CPA. I do my own bookkeeping. Uh, and then I kind of go from there, but don't get distracted by the everyday things. If you're, and a lot of small people are, you're working out of your house. Think of it as your business time. I think too often we're like, oh, we're home. I'm going to throw in a load of laundry while I'm doing this. Don't do that. This is your business time as if you walked out the door to go to the office and you were working for someone else. Hmm. I think, I think every one of those things, but that's an established pattern that you have Again, we're back to the absolutes other than there's an illness or something outside of that you can't control. <laughs> but these are standard absolutes for you. And over time, they become habits, right? And habits become, uh, you know, uh, opportunities and they help create opportunities. I think the message about getting the product out is just so powerful. How many of us sit on, you know, our product looking for the next product when we didn't deal with the one we have staring us in the face? Does it help that you're you have to look at it. That does help a little bit, right? Because it's got to be in your face and you're like, oh, I can't look at it anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm guilty of it too. I just opened a box where I was like, oops, <laughs> you know, I don't know why I didn't, I forgot I had it. Uh, I, I found I, a pallet of Legos a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, oh my God, how many years have I been dragging around a pallet of Legos? So I can totally relate. Yeah. So you don't want to do that. Uh, I keep a binder. Someone else had made one for me and given it to me as a gift. I keep a binder a paper binder, you know, Ooh. that I can open. Um, this wasn't my idea. This was Jennifer Simmer's idea, but it's awesome. It's tabbed with all my vendors. I put um, a paper copy of all my invoices in there. So for yearly, and I can refer back to that. That also makes it easy to know if you haven't shipped out all the stuff you have, because you can look at that invoice in black and white. Uh, you know, I have a corner of my home set up for photography 
you know, again, I only use the Amazon app. If I, so that, that for that, and I just get it in and out and I've given myself permission at this point to have my office and part of my home. That is my work area. And that's going to be my work area. And it's not going to be a family area. It's just the work area. And you need to sometimes do that. So you set some boundaries and, and those are, those are established. All right. So I'm going to ask this question because this is, I heard this on another podcast and I thought, boy, this is such a good closing question. So, um, oh, let me ask a best way if somebody wants to follow up with you, if they have a question, what's the best way? They can contact me on Facebook. Okay. I'll I'll put their contact. Okay. I'll put your contact. Okay. So normally I ask is how to get past the point of stuck, but I just think you just gave a really powerful description of how to do that. Exactly. Block out your time, make it absolute, you know, you know, everything done. And I love the once a month doing your financials. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's power right there. Consistency. How about this? What's something that you've taken on some, something different that you're doing this in the last five or six months that you haven't been doing, that you wish you'd been doing all alone, all along. You know what I mean? So something, new habit, new trick, new technique, something, could be software, could be anything that you've done, that you brought into your business that has advanced you, that you're saying, man, I should have been doing this for years gone by. Oh, that's a hard yeah, one. Yeah, and that's a trick one. I didn't, war- I didn't give you an upfront about that. It's just, I think about like if... Uh, now, uh, let me just think, um, well, going to your vendor and meeting them at their location and now having this discussion, that'd probably be a good example that you can't use now because I just used it. Um, but you get what I'm saying, that kind of thing. I think the, um, simplifying packaging has hmm. been for me. Um, it was, I, I do carry some of my own things. We prepped everything here. Uh, it was a nightmare. I'll be totally honest. Um, I have my parents making boxes at home while they watch TV last Q4. It was an, it was just a nightmare. It was so complicated. Simplifying it down, spending the extra money to have the labels made, have the packaging printed, be able to just put the product into the packaging, bing, bang, boom, it's printed on there, it's out the door. I was I kept thinking it was going to cost so much more money but it actually, I think, has been less expensive in the long run because it's less prep time, less labels, less everything. And then all I need to do is store it and ship it out. Genius. Man, oh, man, it's so good to hear you hitting your stride. It's no surprise. But again, this wasn't a you weren't a an overnight success, right? No, nobody is. There's no such thing. As Dan Miller always tells me, it's 12 years overnight success. You've been doing this over time consistently, and hence the reason you're hitting your stride. And it's just so cool to watch. I'm so fortunate to be able to watch from my little uh, perch. And man, we just really appreciate you. I wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great interview, strong lady, and just a strong person in general. Just somebody who's not willing to um, curl up and uh, just give up. Uh, she says, sometimes it's you're in the bathroom crying your eyes out, but then you come out, wipe them off, get going. She <laughs> put on your big underwear and get going, right? And so guess what? That's what it takes, and she's a great example of it. Take that wholesale stuff um, to heart. That is a absolute great way to do it, and you do it at a small scale, and guess what? Over time, you build up this huge portfolio for yourself. Huge is relative, but huge portfolio of trusted vendors. You're trusted. They're trusted, and you don't have any competition. She doesn't have competition on 95% of her products. You heard that. Well, guess what? That didn't just magically happen. That's been intentional, and if you're willing to put in two years to develop this business model— you can be where Ellie is, okay? Just don't forget the art part. There is an art to this too. And you have it. It can be trained. It can be taught. You just have to be willing to put your head down and do the work. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at EcommerceMomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.